It's now time for Movies, Movies, Movies with Jack and Andre, your frontline in film, Lordy, and cinema. Uh, the Sydney Film Festival's on. Andre, what have you got to say? Hello. That was uh, One O Tricks Point Never with uh, Still Stuff That Doesn't Happen. You guys would make great radio presenters. <laughs> We're learning. We're getting there. Baby steps. Let's hit the sting. Welcome to Movies, Movies, <laughs> Movies <laughs> on Mornings with Friday Tanner featuring Jack and Andre. FBI Radio. Yes, yes, yes. That's right. <laughs> That's right, my wife. It is time to talk about all things movies with our film lords, Jack and Andre. Hello, folks. Uh, thank you for putting up with us. <laughs> thank you so much for coming in and telling us about movies and getting us all excited about movies again. I personally have been to more movies since we've been doing this segment than, I don't know, some other time in my life. That warms our heart, Brady. So that's a statistic. We love it. (laughs) (laughs) Jack, Andre, what's been happening this week in the world of cinema and film? Well, I mean, Jack and I have just seen about 12 hours of movies over the weekend. So I say we play the sting and we get right into movie news. Let's do it. Movie news. So even though Jack and I have been glued to the Sydney Film Festival over the weekend, we have some stuff to talk about that's happening overseas. Michel Gondry, famous Francais director of Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, has a new TV show starring Jim Carrey. I don't know if people have been following Jim Carrey's uh, recent uh, you know, career moves, but he's uh, opened up as a painter and has, you know... Jack, help me out here. Jim Carrey has... He's just got this like insane Twitter presence as well. He's yeah. been really anti-gun reform. He's been painting all of these paintings. You can go onto his Twitter and see them that are anti-guns, but they're in this kind of evangelical watercolour style. It's but, not a bit philosophical. Yeah. yeah philosophical. Totally, yeah. I think an important thing to say is that Jim Carrey has become a very vocal actor in the film industry talking about spirituality and opening up about his mental illness and his experience of fame. And it's just a very different character to what you see in Bruce Almighty. He's become this very spiritual person. And Kidding, the new show okay, by Bruce Michelle... Bruce Almighty is the most spiritual. He's God. Uh, Eternal Sunshine. Hello. Anyway, the new show is called Kidding. It's directed by Michelle Gondry. They are coming back together to collaborate and uh, the trailer's out if you want to watch it. I'm pretty excited for it. It looks beautiful. I'm excited. Catherine Keener, Judy Greer are in it as well. Amazing cast. Uh, um, sadly, though, the main thing that happened this week is that Anthony Bourdain sadly passed away, mm. um, which has been just hugely heartbreaking. I think he's actually, even though he only makes TV one of the most influential filmmakers of our time. I think he was, for me, like the new Roger Ebert. He no, definitely, yeah. Who I went to for every single opinion on he, anything. He wrote about food, but also had ideas about everything. And uh, I think he's a, a huge contributor to the film industry. And one of the last things that he was doing was um, he was making something with his girlfriend, Asia Argento, who was one of the main people that came out against Weinstein, uh, with Christopher Doyle, who shot all of Wong Kar Wai's films. So mm. one of the last things that he was doing was like deeply cinematic. And working with one of the most, with two of the most amazing film lords in history, he's been a vocal advocate for you know equality in the film industry. He's sta- he stood up against Harvey Weinstein countless times, and he'll be sadly missed. But his reviews and his, especially when he was like, "Fuck you, Baby Driver." Yeah, I walked out of that film in twenty minutes. He's got great reviews of films, including Baby Driver, and he'll be remembered for that and everything he's done. Uh, in happier news, though, Reese Witherspoon has com- confirmed her third Legally Blonde movie, Return of the King, 
and it's going to be written by the... <laughs> <laughs> Little joke there. <laughs> it's going to be written by the same writers of 10 Things I Hate About You and She's the Man. Which we just rewatched recently, both She's the Man and 10 Things I Hate About You, and uh, the classics. And I'm really excited to see what Reese brings out next. She announced it with a shot of herself in the same bikini as the first one in the pool. Give me your best Reese Witherspoon impersonation, Jack, on radio. Um, oh, God, now I'm on the spot. Yeah. I don't want to talk about this right now. Yeah. I just can't talk about this. I've got to put the ki- chicken in. I've got to put the chicken in, and I can't talk about it. Perfect. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> there you go. I'm surprised there isn't already a legally blonde three, to be quite honest. So this yeah. is uh, some news to me. Mm, news to everyone. Where's the legally blonde podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Start it? Maybe. Let's get into something called My Vag you guys have brought in. Tell us a little bit about this artist. So, this is Aquafina. She's starring in Ocean's 8, which we're going to review straight after her hit song, My Vag. Here it is for you on FBI Radio. You're on Movies, Movies, Movies. Can we listen to it for a little bit? At least I am. My veg, like an operatic ballad. Yo veg, like grandpa's cabbage. And my veg, effortless. Yo veg, post ads on Craigslist. My veg, squirt aloe vera. Yo veg, look like Tony Danza. My veg, like taste in heaven. Yo veg, manages a 7 Yo, my veg, make your girl panties cream. Yo veg, spreads hepatitis C. And my veg, a chrome Range Rover. Yo veg, hatchback 81 Toyota. Yo, my veg. Harvard Law School, yo veg Apex Technical, my veg Speak five different languages I told yo veg, bitch, make me a sandwich Yo, my veg, feel like winning the lottery Yo, shit got turned down from eHarmony My veg, one best veg Yo veg, one best supporting veg yeah. It's time yeah, that we let the world know Bitch, your veg look like Janet Reno Aquafina's a genius And her vagina is 50 times better than a penis It's time that we let the world know Bitch, your veg look like Janet Reno Aquafina's a genius And her vagina is 50 times better than a penis Yo, my veg got built-in utilities Your fat ass is on disability My veg, a Beyonce weave Your veg, a polyester Kmart hairpiece My veg bounce like Jay Lowe's booty, yo veg like James Lipton's booty, and my veg, it's ornamental, your veg is a five-hour PBS special, yo my veg, feed the homeless, yo veg, date the homeless, my veg, make the deans list, yo veg couldn't pass the HIV test, it's time yeah, that we let the world know, bitch, your veg is only so-so, Aquafina's a genius, and her vagina is 50 times better than a penis, it's time that we let the world know, Bitch, your veg is only so so. Aquafina's a genius, and her vagina is 50 times better than a penis. Yo, my veg is Godfather 1, and your veg is Godfather 3. And my veg got a big ass gun. Your veg is like pineapple cottage cheese. Yo, my veg got 12 inch gold wheels, and your veg got bird poop on a windshield. My veg beats your veg by a million. Your veg is frightening like Serena Williams. Yeah. It's time yeah. that we let the world know. Your veg look like Janet Reno. Aquafina's a genius. And her vagina is 50 times better than a penis. It's time that we let the world know. Bitch, your veg look like Janet Reno. Aquafina's a genius. And her vagina is 50 times better than a penis. Better than a penis. That's what I said, though. Better than a penis. Better than a penis. Better than a penis. Better than a penis. Okay, I'm done. 
My Vag by Aquafina. Thank you so much for introducing me to that song, Jack and Andre, our film lords. In for movies, movies, movies. Um, text in your best My Vag line to 0409-945-945. I'd love to hear it. Uh, what have we got coming up still to come in movies, movies, movies? Okay, we've got Hunter Page Lockhart, who's got a film in the Sydney Film Festival, but he's best known for being the first Indigenous Australian superstar. Um, well, no, not superstar, superhero in Clever Man. Uh, he's going to be talking about his film, mm. and I think we're going to dive right into our reviews. Let's Sounds get into good. it. Two reviews. One review. And then, and then another review. Two reviews. Okay, Film Lord Jack, you're going to go first for two reviews. What are you reviewing today? Today I'm reviewing the long-awaited Ocean's 8 film, and you hated the trailer. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't rate the trailer, but that's not to say the whole film won't be great. What did you think? Look, I felt the same way about the trailer. I felt the same way about all of the forward, um, the forward announcing of it. Um, imagine, uh, I guess, walking into like a duty-free after a really, really long flight and you're on layover for another really, really long flight. You've got like a really dry throat, you're hungry, and then they tell you that everything in this white marble and stainless steel fluorescently lit store is free, like totally free for the next hour. You can just have whatever you want. What you really should have is water and like a shower and some good home-cooked food, but instead you're like stuffing Gucci Bloom in your underwear and you're breaking your teeth on Toblerones and you're feeling really sick. And that's kind of how this film is it's kind of actually really like an extreme kind of fun in a weird way. Ocean's 8 comes after 11 and 12 and 13. George Clooney is dead, probably, and his sister, played by Sandra Bullock, is ordered not to hang out with any of the old cast. She hatches this kind of random plan that she's been planning for years in jail, which is to steal a huge Cartier necklace from Anne Hathaway's neck at the Met Gala and fuck over her old boyfriend, a slimy art dealer fraud who put her in jail. And she's planned it for, like, every day for four years. But everything is figured out pretty last minute with some pretty, like, extreme 3D printing. Um, it's got a hot supporting cast of Aquafina um, of My Vag fame, Rihanna, Kate Blanchett, Helena Bonham Carter, Dakota Fanning, Anne Hathaway, Sarah Paulson, Mindy Kaling, you know, like, um, who else is in it? Gigi Hadid, Kim Kardashian for, like, two seconds. They get everything they want and more. It's pretty basic chill fun and whatever. I had a good time with my girlfriends. I walked out of this film, like... Oh, is this how boys feel after every dumb movie? Andre, I went with four friends and we were on a high and we loved it and had lots of fun and we were quoting it together on the way home. But you went on your own and sat next to a stinky old man. What did you think of this film? Okay, Jack, thank you for segueing into that. Well, I, I do... We've had a conversation about this. I didn't enjoy this film as much as you. I didn't think it was as exciting as you make it out to be but I really think it's because I sat next to a stinky old man in the cinema and I was it just wasn't the right setting at all for watching Ocean's 8 which should have been with all my GFs having a good time with pods around me but set aside that I just felt like this felt very dull in a weird way it felt like I was listening to a really bad Maroon 5 album and I just felt very just kind of uh, I don't know what the word is but I felt like every everything about it never really uh, amounted to anything exciting apart from Rihanna's performance and... Uh, and Anne Hathaway. And Anne Hathaway. And Helena thought, Bonham Carter. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't want to pit them all against each other because that beats the purpose of the film, but I found myself p- picking out things that I didn't like. I don't know, I, I didn't feel really in it to win it with this and I think that's why I have so many bad things to say about it that I'm not going to say on air because I just wish I'd gone in and been totally just like freaking 
in it, but I wasn't. There's I something know. about it that kept me out of it. And I think it's the duty-free Gucci Bloom tackiness of it. It's Sandra Bullock. Is it Sandra Bullock? I think yeah. it's Sandra Bullock and Kate Blanchett being like incredibly white and boring. I think it's James Corden at the end. They bring on and James, James Corden. James... It's like, why did they have those three actors? Everyone else in it is sick. Literally... Everything else is fun. Everything else is totally wish fulfillment. Mindy Kaling, yeah, like getting her dream at the end. Is Can you really imagine funny. if like Tiffany Haddish had come in to play the cop instead of James Corden at the end? Like uh, that would have just made this film so much more like roller coaster amazing. So Andre and Jack, what do you give Ocean's Eight in a word? Uh, hyphenated stinky old man. It needed more ugly people. Mm. <laughs> We're really just uh, flipping the script on in a word, aren't we? <laughs> I think we are, yeah. Okay, Andre, let's uh, get into your review. What are you going to be reviewing today? So, I went and saw Hereditary this week, and I feel like, let me be completely honest and transparent, I feel like when you're reviewing a horror movie, you just need to be transparent about what kind of horror you like, because everyone has different levels of tolerance, of scariness. I love Scream, I love Saw, I really mess with The Strangers, and I also love The Descent. But these horror films are scare-tainment, and Hereditary is not scare-tainment. If I had a horror grinder profile, it would probably say my preferences are Rose McGowan, Neve Campbell, and Katie Feathers. Hereditary, to me, is like a darker Paul Thomas Anderson knockoff about a family figuring out they have a genetic curse because people around them just keep dying. But let me just say, it is probably the most isolating, grisly nightmarish film I've seen in a long time. I don't even want to go into plot details. I just want to talk about my experience of how scared I was. Definitely one of the most traumatic films I've seen ever. And I feel like even though the ending kind of gives away the mystery, it still has two thirds of probably the only thing that's as scary as The Babadook, which I thought was horrifying. All the maddening horror kind of dies by the end, but I'm happy to say that Hereditary is one of the best studio horror films ever made. Don't Mind the Hyperbole, starring Tony Collette, and our new favourite actor, Jack, I've forgotten his name. Alex Wolf. Alex Wolf. Also in My Friend Dharma, Jumanji 2. You were like me with Ocean's 8, you came out of this bitching, so tell me what your thoughts are, Jack. <laughs> this movie just has a shitty ending. Oh, yeah, it's true. Like, yeah. the last third sucks, and the it's not scary, but mm. it's, like, very, very well made, and Tony Collette is incredible in mm. it, and there is a scene in the middle of it that is probably the most traumatic thing I've ever seen in the cinema. It's probably going to be remembered for like 50 years yeah. as being as impactful as like I, what I imagine the shower scene was in Psycho. Are people hearing that? It's really the most traumatic it's scene. It's not scary, it's traumatic. This film is like actual emotional terrorism. Mm. Ugh, yeah. I've got chills all over. Me too. <laughs> Jack, what do you give Hereditary in a word? Ooh, I, uh, go see Rabbit Hole with Nicole Kidman. Andre? Jack, that's not one word. <laughs> it never is. <laughs> um, I'm giving this a uh, capital T traumatic, but I still think it's astounding. Yeah. Well, that's two reviews. And when we come back, we're going to be talking to Hunter Page Lockhart for Sydney Spotlight right here on Movies, Movies, Movies on Mornings with Braddy Tanner. This is Miss Red with Dagger. See you after this. Miss Red with Dagger. You're on FBI Radio. We are in the midst of Movies, Movies, Movies. It's now time for this. Sydney Spotlight. Sydney Spotlight is a great time where we get to shine that spotlight right back on Sydney and see what's going on around town in the world of film and cinema. And we are joined for Sydney Spotlight by a very special guest, Hunter Page Lockhart. He's been in Sapphire's Brand New Day and is a lead actor in Clever Man. He's now making his uh, directorial debut. That's it. In a self-written, self-starred in film called Jolly, which is 
premiering at the Sydney Film Festival. It's a huge welcome to you, Hunter Page Lockhart. Hello, thank you for having me. Thanks so much for coming in. Yeah, thank you so much for coming in. <laughs> Seriously, okay. this is... That was a great is, introduction, by the way. I love us. that. Oh, oh, thank you. That, 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 that was <laughs> no good. Worries. That was good. <laughs> I'm really excited to have you here. I feel like I've been following your career for many years now because uh, I was... Uh, watching maybe one of your first short films that Jacob Hanrahan made. Yes, Around yes. Uh, one of my, like, back when I was in film school in, like, a itty-bitty afters film school. Okay, dish, I don't know this. <laughs> okay, so Hunter was in this film, and it was about you connecting with a homeless man. Yeah, and, oh, who, in, in who played... Glebe? I yeah. can't remember his name. But Andrew. it was really funny, and you guys jam on The Lion King, and then you end up feeling better, and it yeah. has some similar tie-ins to your short film, I would say. Yeah, you can, you can kind of say that, you know, the whole a, Rafiki... Simba kind of mentorship and the like missing parent. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because uh, look, because I I made this film about you know grief and dealing with grief. Um, um, you know, I've kind of had that around my family uh, a lot. So I kind of was like, I need a little bit of a cathartic release within my own life. So I made this film in a kind of dedication to that, but um, but kind of wanted to see the uh, the, the positive side of it. You know. Can you give us a little brief uh, intro to Jolly and maybe sure. what it's about? Uh, Jolly is about a young ex-dancer who has a knee injury um, and lives outside of Sydney. Um, he's gone back to his hometown and his brother comes and kind of puts a pebble in the calm pond and stirs everything up. And so uh, he goes out for a walk um, and kind of faces his demons and, um, and then is left with the choice whether to, to continue or not. Can we also just add that the mum is played by Deborah Mailman? <laughs> and if there is a dead parent that makes me cry the most, it's probably the idea of losing Deborah Mailman. Oh Definitely. Me too. Definitely. Yeah. Do you mind talking a bit about working with Deborah? She's just one oh, of my yeah, idols. No, like- God, uh, Deb's, Deb's kind of been around my life for a long time uh, as a mentor. You know, she was Arnie Linder on Clever Man. So, um, kind of, you know, it, we were actually shooting Clever Man season two, and I'm like, oh, I need, I need a mum. Do you, do you reckon you could just help me out real quick? And she's like, yeah, sure, bub. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, sweet. And so I'm um, kind of got a on the last minute, yeah. Talk us through a little bit about being a being a director filmmaker. What does that differ to just being a, an actor dancer? Or um, yeah, yeah, definitely. I I kind of love it. You know, I've grown up around people like Wayne Blair and Warwick and Rachel Perkins and and uh, forgive me for forgetting Leah Purcell um, and other amazing directors. My whole life, my father, for instance, um, Stephen Page. So I've kind of been around that kind of energy. Um, and that that storytelling essence. So I kind of always wanted to do that no matter what. And it is completely different. You know, you you kind of sit back and you you take orders. Well, you take direction. Um, And then when you direct, you're kind of the one responsible for all that. So (laughs) it's a a big difference. (laughs) Hunter, did you learn anything uh, on your first time directing Jali uh, that you'd like to share with young filmmakers who might be listening? Yeah, um... Don't be too ambitious and and act in the thing that you do. That's a, de- a directorial debut. Maybe um, just sit back a bit and take a le- take take some less roles, but then still be ambitious. Yeah. yeah. I don't fucking give him too much away by saying this, but in the film, there's a moment where you're you're wounded and you're having to endure the wound. I guess I want to ask you how, as an actor and director, how do you how do you even begin to sort of uh, n- know 
what could be what what the good take is when you're trying to act like you're in incredible pain and also call cut and also control everything and man the scene and man the crew. Oh god! Well, I definitely had great help and a great crew. Um, they all they all know who they are and 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 they and they were all hands on when it came to stuff like that. Um, I think we all just had to trust trust what what we were doing and what was in front of the camera and and yeah. So so it kind of just fell. Into into each other's hands at, at times, yeah. And what else are you jazzed about? What are you seeing at the Sydney Film Festival? Oh, I just saw um, the boy band documentary. Oh my um, god! Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I f- I f- forgive me, I forget the the name of it, but um, it was it was amazing. Um, I'm keen to see One Percent. I saw Upgrade the other day as well. I love how Australia can do genre like Upgrade, and and it feels seamlessly like it's a Hollywood film, which which I loved. Um, it kind of proves to the point that we can do that in Australia. Yeah. Not, to, not to put you on the spot, but I feel like you've conquered dance, TV, and pretty soon film. What's the? <laughs> is there a next step? I guess you- um, science. Uh, <laughs> so me and uh, Tesla, you know, got to yeah. hook up. <laughs> yeah, cool. <laughs> Going to do an indigenous, you know, community. Yeah. Step aside, Grimes. Yeah. <laughs> Step aside, Grimes. <laughs> we are almost out of time for movies, movies, movies today. Did you guys want to mention something about the Danger Film podcast before we get out of here? Definitely. Before we do that, though, I just want to remind everyone that if you want to go see Jolly, it's playing before Strange Colors, Friday the 15th, 8.35, or this Sunday... Oh, no. Yeah, this Sunday at 4.15. On the 17th. We can have all the details for that one up on the program page, thanks to my producer, Bree. You can just go to fbiradio.com and find out where you can catch the premiere of Jali. Excellent. And launching this week, we're going to have a series of Danger Film podcasts, which are running alongside the Sydney Film Festival, where we're interviewing Hunter Page Lockhart right after this. (laughs) Sorry, Braithwaite, the Australian director of Censored. Lee Winnell, who directed Upgrade and created Saw. Um, just a whole host of really interesting filmmakers Mm -hmm. and so they'll be up on the FBI website too for you to listen to. Jack, Andre, my film lords, thank you so much for coming in today and thank you so much to Hunter Page Lockout for being our special guest here on Movies, Movies, Movies on FBI Radio. This is Courtney Barnett with Sunday Roast, your mornings with Bridie Tanner. Love you, Bridie. Bye, guys. This podcast is produced by FBI Radio in Sydney. Find more at fbiradio.com slash podcasts.